from Robe of Light, you uh, mentioned the different realms uh, of ev- or different grades of evolution uh, from human to angel to archangel. So I guess my final question for you would be, how, how does a human being evolve into an angel in this lifetime? <laughs> how do they uh, get out of the game? Yes, yes. Well, there now there's where you come into an interesting question, kind of a thorny one somewhat, is um, oh my, uh, let me let me try to think of, think of a one a good way to say it. Uh, well, we all will evolve through those steps. Now understand that's a Christian cosmology, and that's just one of the Christian cosmologies. Okay. And if you go to India, you're going to find uh, uh, dozens of cosmologies. So generally there's belief, there's thought, well, we think that there are seven levels of relative existence. And you evolve, you could either evolve kind of naturally by accumulating a lot and a lot and a lot of goodness. And you can get up, say, to angelic level. You're going to have to develop a lot more than that uh, to get to archangelic. Okay. And the problem is, this is a cosmology of a system that doesn't know yoga. They know devotion, obedience, uh, ritualistic and not uh, empty ritual, a divine ritual, the sacraments. But that that only prepares you to hopefully learn about it. Uh, it has to be real sadhana of some sort. And so you see, there are even what are called tapalokas, where in that world, that's all the people do is practice is practice meditation. I mean, you know, they don't build themselves astral palaces or anything. They, you get there and here's all these people. They're just all around. You might be interested to know that Anandamai Ma often spoke about such a thing, such a realm, which apparently she intended to go to in kind of a supervisory uh, capacity after her, after her life. But there she said it was this vast almost measureless expanse. And she said there were circles of people. She didn't say how many in a circle or if they were all the same. And they were sitting in a circle and in the middle of the circle was a teacher. And they simply meditated and the teacher was there if there was any need of some kind of guidance or some kind of question. Now, he wasn't giving them the enlightenment. He was just there. And so the idea is you can evolve from world to world uh, that way. You can go through the astral worlds, and then you go through the causal worlds. Then you transcend that. Once you get into the transcendental, well, there you are. Then what do you do from there? That's completely up to the individual, because if the individual wants to, they'll come right down here back to earth and start teaching people and telling them about the way to get there. But so it's uh, that's up to the individual. 
And some say, no, we're going to stay here forever. Or they just go down two or three levels where the people are already far more evolved beyond human birth. And they teach them there. This, this process is going on, but it becomes conscious in, oh, about a, a middle-level astroworld. Okay. And about a middle-level astroworld. And then you realize it's all yoga, that's it. And, uh, and onward you go. So, so the primary practice would be the right form of meditation, if you're interested yes. in evolution. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you don't do meditation, there is no evolution to, that counts. I mean, you could move one millionth of an inch through a life by being very good. Um, do not believe in, oh, never mind. I was going to tell you a mythology that's current, but I won't. Uh, the thing is, that when you see, it's only when you take it in your own hands and there's just you, just you, as Edna Wheeler Wilcox said in uh, her poem that began, God and I in space alone and nobody else in view. Hmm. Uh, th th this is what we're talking about where yeah, uh, it it uh, it really is there. In fact, actually, can I read it to you? Sure. I had a wonderful friend. She was a very interesting person. She was a great healer. Her name was Ann Decker, and uh, she, she was just truly a, an angelic person. And she loved this poem. And uh, I remember when I was and I was a beginning yogi, and uh, I would. Two or three times I've said, oh, Anne, say that poem to me again. And this is uh, this is this is what this is what she would say. God and I in space alone, and nobody else in view. And where are the people, O oh Lord? I said, the earth below, and the sky o'erhead, and the dead whom once I knew. That was a dream, God smiled and said, a dream that seemed to be true. There were no people living or dead. There was no earth and no sky or head. There was only myself and you. Why do I feel no fear, I asked, meeting you here in this way, for I have sinned I know full well, and there is heaven and there is hell. And is this the judgment day? Nay, those were dreams, the great God said, dreams that have ceased to be. There are no such things as fear or sin. There is no you. You have never been. There is nothing at all but me. Wow. Now, understand, the me is the true self of all of us. In other words, the ego is not us. It's a lie. It's a fake identity. It's a mask. And there is the divine. And this is inexplicable. We're irrevocably one with God. But there is a distinction between us and God. 
We're finite, God is infinite. It's a matter of degree, just as Shankar, the great non-dual philosopher, said this. He wrote uh, a poem in which he says, O Lord, though there is truly no ultimate distinction between us, yet I belong to you. You do not belong to me. The ocean can say, I am the wave, but the wave cannot say, I am the ocean. So we are divinity itself in an eternal distinction. See, it never began. That never started. That has just been always, which we can't conceive of. And so that distinction and yet perfect unity has always been there. And that's what we have to discover. In one of his talks, Yogananda said, I killed Yogananda long ago. Another talk, he said, Yogananda was never born, nor will he ever die. Then we come to understand this. That once we know, uh, in fact, Yogananda also used to say, when the I shall die, then shall I know who am I. So we've always been that. That's always been us. But we're in the dreams and we cling to the dreams and say, no, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And of course, this is death. And if we let go, we would be born. That's why in uh, uh, the, the more, in the better days, the more mystical days of Western Christianity and the so-called Middle Ages and before, they, they call the day that a saint died their Natalia, their birthday. Hmm. And there was the people that wrote this said, you should weep when they're born and rejoice when they die. In the sense that people are released. So that's what we're doing. We Okay, evolution, another word for evolution is awakening. Okay. And of course, there are millions, if not billions, of stages of awakening that if we're not careful... Um, we can think is the end. Uh, there was a cartoon, I don't know if it's still going, in the newspapers called BC. And it sort of was cavemen discovering the world in the very beginning. And so uh, uh, one, one uh, uh, installment of it showed a caveman climbing up a very, very, very high mountain. And he looked in all four directions. And then as he was climbing down, he said, well, so much for the whole world. <laughs> and actually, I can look out the window here and I can see a place where someone is living that I met some time back who uh, uh, came for a visit. And then at one point, he asked me with all great seriousness, uh, have you had an awakening? <laughs> and being the spoiled sport I am, I said, who hasn't? <laughs> and that was not the answer that was desired. It was like, oh, yes, my child, 
and I see you too. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. Oh, yeah, Did he ask you this when you when they when he was at your monastery? Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, you see, again, when you're a child, a little you think is a lot, and sometimes you think that a little is everything. So one of the things you have to do is just get along. Um, beyond that, I read an amazing account. Uh, a woman was telling her account in some kind of esoteric mystical group that uh, she was in in the early part of the 20th century. And she talked about how one morning uh, she and a few others were asked to go and see this particular person who was considered something of a spiritual leader. And so they went. And so this woman sat there, of course, looking down, saying nothing. It's interesting how they like theater. And uh, then she looked at them and she said, last night I crossed the this and the that. And I'm no longer a human being, but uh, I'm asking you all to keep treating me just as, as though I were one of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the woman was what we say in our American uh, expressions, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I've, I've Uh, met a woman like that as well. Oh yes. Yes. I, I have met some really interesting, I, I have met three Jesus Christ. Oh, I remember that. You mentioned that in one of your books. Yep, I met three Jesus Christs and one Virgin Mary. And the Virgin Mary was committing very active fornication with one of the Jesuses. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I also have seen uh, uh, someone who claims to be uh, a brother of Jesus Christ and his mother, the Virgin Mary. But what was interesting was uh, the brother and the Virgin Mary, uh, the the Jesus and the Virgin Mary sued this brother uh, at one point in his career. So (laughs) (laughs) you see, the problem is uh, we're all astray. We're all under this terrible dream. We're all in this illusion. We're all truly literal. You see, we're not out of our minds, which is bad enough. We're out of ourselves. That is, we've lost ourselves completely. Mm. And and that's what we've got to get back to. You see, I was actually um, reading recently an ex- experience that um, a man of this, this very great master whose life I was working on said that... Uh, uh, sort of in his uh, beginning contact with his master, he had had a very vivid dream. And he was standing uh, on kind of an elevated level, uh, like a mountain, or goodly way up a mountain. And there was this huge ravine. It was jet black. It was so deep, it was dark. And from the depths of the ravine, he heard a voice saying over and over, Koham, Koham, Koham. 
And then from the expanse of heavens above, another voice said, Solham, Solham. And Koham means, who am I? Soham means, I am that. Is that in Sanskrit? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, so, uh, you know, and so when he told this yogi that, he said, yes, that's how it is. And that dream says, you're really ready to learn Soham. Mm. So, uh, so that happened. Well, for me, I think the primary takeaway concerning evolution is just the right form of meditation, a daily meditation practice. Would you agree? Absolutely. The Bhagavad Gita is really, in our imperfect world, the most perfect scripture you can find, the most perfect compendium of real, practical, spiritual knowledge. It, It is really, truly a miracle. Mm. And uh, though only the only seven hundred verses, and uh, uh, one of the verses says, "Without meditation, there is no peace." Well, if meditation is needed just to have peace, and peace is not even jnana, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, meditation is the string. It's like. Theseus string, you know, when he went into the labyrinth, um, he tied a, a string onto something at the opening of the labyrinth, and then he unwound it as he went in through to the center, and then he was able to get out just by reeling back the string. And uh, that's exactly what meditation and yoga is all about. A return to the source, a return to the beginning. Uh, but without forgetfulness, because in the beginning we were forgetful, and now we remember. So it's all an exercise in remembering. And so when a person said, yes, so remember, a person says, yes, suddenly I was back. I was in Brindaban. I was one of the gopis. We were dancing in a circle around and around and around Krishna. Krishna was dancing. He was playing food. Oh, I thought my heart was going to burst with love and joy. Well, that's just words and images mm-hmm. and emotions. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. There are people whose hearts nearly burst in joy if they just get a new bicycle. So, you know, uh, uh, this is our problem. I... I I knew uh, a should-be-aspiring yogi. I won't even say an aspiring yogi or yogini. Uh, And she used to say to me, I just want to be happy. Is that too much to ask? And I say, no, Ruth, it's not too much to ask. It's much, much, much too little to ask. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, but see, we really have to go through a lot. Believe me, when you come to yoga, you are a battle-scarred veteran already. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. You know, people say to me, oh, you know, you're an old soul. And I say, well, I must be pretty darn stupid if I'm so old. 
if I'm so old, but I'm still here in this in this dumb place. In fact, I knew a really remarkable man, a great healer named Benjamin Bibb. And Ben used to say, I can't get away, I can't wait to graduate from this dumb kindergarten we call the earth. That is that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So if there's no more questions. I guess I have no more answers. Mm-hmm.